Welcome to another episode of the Phoenix Rising podcast. I am your host, Lisa Hillier, and it is such a joy to be here with you today. Happy New Year 2024. I am praying that it is full of everything that you are dreaming of, what your true desires are, and that it is just filled, 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 filled with love. And so happy 2024. We're kicking off our third season here with the podcast. I'm so excited for it. And I'm so excited for all the guests that we've got on the show this year. So definitely hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And I would absolutely love it if you could rate and review the show. It helps so much. And for some reason, most of my reviews don't get posted on, um, iTunes. I'm not sure what's going on there, but um, I get reviews sent to me and then they never get posted. And uh, I think it's a glitch with Apple. And so anyway, if you could write one, I feel like the more reviews that get written, the higher the chances <laughs> that it's going to get posted. Um, yes. And so today, to kick off the third season, I have... Demetra Gray on the show with me and I have been following Demetra's path for quite some time through Instagram but we also have mutual friends and we also both live on the west coast she's on a tiny little island two ferries away from me um, a beautiful beautiful spot and so it was so beautiful to connect with Demetra and she has also been going through a journey of leaving new age as well. Hers looks a little different than mine, but we talk in many realms through this episode. And Demetra Gray is a writer who lives with her husband, Jordan, on a little island off the west coast of British Columbia, Canada. And she is also the host of the podcast, The Demetra Gray Show. And you can connect with her at Demetra gray.com and on Instagram and there will be links for all of that in the show notes and so yeah this episode we dive into some juice for sure Um, and there are some things that are being revealed in the new age world at this time and we go into a little bit of that in this conversation of Demetra's experience in a spiritual cult and yeah we go into many conversations around all of that please let me know how the conversation serves you I love hearing feedback from these episodes and yeah check out the affiliates in the show notes if you feel called to support the podcast financially it helps so much to get this show out to you guys each and every week yeah let's dive in Okay, welcome to the podcast, Demetra. I am so excited to have you here. I've been following your journey on Instagram for the past couple years, I would say, and a lot has evolved for you. Yeah. <laughs> I can resonate with that, a complete shift for sure. And so let's start there. You know, what did your life look like a year and a half ago? And what does it look like now? Yeah, I like this kind of narrowing in on this time frame. 
a year and a half ago, I thought that I had everything that I had always wanted. I had built a coaching business. I was about, I guess I was four years in at that point. Um, I had finally had my first six-figure year, which was going to turn into like a multi-six-figure year. I was so happy. I had like, uh, yeah, I had, I was part of this community that I then learned was a cult, but I didn't know it was a cult then. So I felt I was like part of this community that had my back and loved me. And we were all like working toward the same thing and serving the same thing. And um, I was also, I mean, I weighed a lot more than I do now. I was like 80 pounds more than I am currently. I was, <laughs> I was bleeding. I'd been bleeding nonstop is kind of crazy for like a year at that point um yeah that's sort of like the overview of it I was a coach and uh you know my business when I had first started out like four years prior to that I was a sex coach like I was a sex and relationship focused coach and then it slowly kind of evolved into like all of life and then I fell into like the polarity and the feminine world. And then like I was a feminine uh, embodiment coach of some sort. So yeah, that's kind of where I was at then. Yeah. And were there like just what really stuck out for me there was that like six figure coach and I was making six figures a month and I was going to be a multi not a month a year or a year <laughs> you see that all over the coaching world totally. now for six figure month totally did it feel like you had to sell parts of yourself to accomplish that this is something I've been really thinking about a lot this year um because I think that this idea of like I really wanted to be that. Like, I really wanted to be a coach that makes a lot of money. And it's interesting because my husband is that, but he's quite different. Like, he's had a coaching business for, like, I think 12 years now online. And he's never tried to be, like, a big internet persona. Like, he's never, like, social media hasn't been his thing. He just basically built his business by, like, writing stuff about relationships. And people found him. And, he, he like, to me, he has a business that's built on a solid, like on something real. And I think that this coaching world that I became a part of is not really built on something real. And I had a hard time with this the entire time that I was doing it. And what I had a hard time with was like every time I started to get close I know I don't know if I would have called it selling a part of my soul, but it sort of felt like like yeah, like part of me died, like trying to like would die, because uh, it just didn't feel. It felt manipulative, and like I was like, I think I got to the point where I was, where I was, I finally did it. Like I couldn't, I couldn't, I would follow all these people on Instagram and be like she's making this and she's making this and they have like this. And, and everyone talked about um, the more you get your energy in the right place. Like basically you can just charge more and more and more, the more like evolved you get to some capacity. And 
I thoroughly believe that. And I, you know, I think there's bits of truth to everything, but like, I felt like I had gotten to the place that I wanted to be because it, it became very close, like clear to me, like once you get over a hundred thousand dollars a year, it's like, there's no stopping point. Cause then it just becomes like, you, like you said, when do I get my six figure month? And like my, mm, like there's just, and so there's no real difference to me between, uh, like, I think like the first 10 K month is probably the hardest thing to do. And then after that, it's just sort of, you scale it. But to me, when I look back at the, the way that I was and the way that I sold, and I was aware of this in parts at times where it would, it started to feel like I could convince anybody of anything just by like, like if I portrayed that I was making this much money and I was like, I had all these great things and I was doing all of this, like I had it and I had the energy and I knew how to get people there. Like I could give them this promise then that drew people in because they wanted that. And then they would kind of have the experience that I told them I they were having. Like if I, uh, and this is like a more culty thing, but it was like something I mimicked that was just like, if you show up and tell people like the energy's so big today, it's just like so powerful. And can you feel it? Then most of the people are like, a lot of the people are going to be like, yeah, I really feel like I was feeling something and I really feel this energy. And then if you don't feel that you're kind of left out. And so then you start to like, feel it like you need to feel it. And I, as the one in charge of like my groups, I would wonder that often, like, is this real? Or am I just because I could kind of see the ways that I could just convince people that they were feeling things and, and at the time, I would justify it by being like, well, you know, like, I'm, I'm serving the feminine, I'm serving this, like, they say in cult talk, like the ends justify the means. So you say it like, you can kind of justify anything by being like, yeah, but it's all serve in service to this bigger thing. So like, that doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter how we get there. But it actually to me now, like it does matter. Um, And not to go like, I mean, I could go on and on about this forever. But I just think there's a lot of big, there were many different uh, coaches that I followed. And I'm sure it happens with men too. It just happens to be like the people I looked up to and followed were women. Yeah. Cause I'm sure my husband could tell you lots about like the same thing. Uh, but, uh, it all crumbled for me when I, when the cult stuff, like when I, when I left and it all, like, the whole everybody else crumbled for me too because I started to see it was just the same pattern in everything where it's like if you use this certain language like how many there are so many business coaches who have started their business just by like telling people that they make they can make so much money or they can help other people make so much money so then people join and then they start making money and then the leader takes credit and like to me the whole business is not it's built on this sort of like, I don't know if I would call it a lie, but to me it feels like a lie. Like it doesn't feel like something tangible. It just feels like uh, we are all just sort of believing in this like energy getting bigger. Uh, and I, I, I can't bring myself to do that. 
Right. Like I had kind of done it enough to get myself there. And yeah, the place that I'm, I have been at now is just like, I can't, I can't play that game. Mm. Did it feel like, you know, the shadow energy of the feminine or is manipulation? Did it feel like manipulation? Um, did it feel like manipulation? Yeah, it definitely felt like manipulation. I don't even think in terms of like the feminine or the masculine anymore, to be honest with you. Like I just, it's all dropped away. But uh, did it feel like manipulation? Yeah, I think there's a lot of manip- And I think like I, you could make the argument that to some extent everything is man- like all marketing is manipulation. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess the question for me currently is like, is it based on something real. Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? You spoke about like, it's all in service to the feminine from this cult. Can you kind of elaborate on what a spiritual cult is? Uh, yeah. Well, I could give you my definition of what a spiritual cult is. I, Cause the thing is that the, the word cult. So I've been le- learning a lot about cults. Um, no one agrees, like even cult experts don't really agree on like exactly what a cult means. Mm. To me, because uh, everything, like a lot of things are culty or have like cult-like ways of acting. Uh, but when I say a cult, what I mean is like in a spiritual cult, there's a leader or a group of leaders, but like typically a leader who's very narcissistic in their personality traits and maybe has like a disorder around that kind of I don't know mental stuff uh but they manipulate on purpose and uh it's like a high control group so they control everything that the members are doing and there's a lot of manipulation and uh coercive like tactics used in order to convince people to follow uh, the beliefs of the cult. And so, um, and I think in a spiritual cult, the, typically there's like a, some sort of deity type of figure that everyone is following, whether it's the leader who like, usually the leader claims that they have, they're more powerful than other humans. So you're like following the leader because the leader has the closest access to the thing. Uh, But the thing can vary. Like the thing can be the feminine. The thing can be God. The thing can be, I don't know what they believe in Scientology. Don't they believe something about like aliens or I don't know. know. (laughs) You know, there's like lots of different ones, which to me always sounded absurd. Like I made a podcast over, I guess it was like two years ago now where I just like shit all over religion And I was just, like, all religion is stupid and, like, people are so – they, like – and my main point, which is funny to me now, uh, my main point was, like, the feminine is the way. Like, these people, like, they're following all these other things and they don't realize that, like, following any sort of figure is ridiculous and, like, it's actually the feminine that is the – the the real thing but I was I was in the same thing like I was in a religion and I had no idea Mm. what what are the dangers or are there any dangers for you of thinking that the feminine is the way um I mean I don't I don't necessarily think there's a danger 
in anyone's spiritual beliefs inherently. I think it becomes a danger when someone is like taking advantage of that and then capitalizing it on it and then uh, sort of manipulating people in the name of it. Yeah. Yeah. What I um, notice in the online world with kind of, you know, I, same thing was like all these coaches are making six figures. I'm going to get to that. Like I was in a mastermind that was taking me to that and, and all that was happening. Did you quantum leap in your mastermind? Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all the quantum and ascension and energy. And what I see with the marketing is, is that they have something special that they want you to want, if that makes sense. Like the buyer to want, like they've got a secret. Mm-hmm. And when you were speaking to that, not being built on a solid foundation, that's what it felt like, like this energetic thing that is the secret, but it, it's not a solid foundation. And when you get enough people believing in it, it's like, does it even actually exist? Or is it all our collective mindset that's contributing to it or collective energy that's contributing to it. Mm -hmm. Do you believe in the quantum or any of that stuff anymore? I don't know. I would never use the word quantum. I could never even use the word quantum when I was in it because I still thought that that was, I did join a mastermind one time that was, we were quantum, we were going to quantum leap. And it was like the stupidest thing I'd ever joined. Like we did nothing quantum. We just, it, it was a wait. I ended up leaving it early. Um, I find one of the, sorry, one of the um, words that's got everybody going now is codes. Yeah. The codes. codes. I have to give you the codes, right? Like the codes are something that I have and you don't and I can transmit that. But that's the thing, right? Like any, anyone, and that's where it gets a bit strange to me is like, I could tell you like, what are things like, I have a great marriage, right? I could tell you, I have the codes to like Mm. the great, like a perfect marriage that's so loving. And like, I just have to give you the codes. It's like, I feel like it's just people taking things that they have in their lives, whether it's like things they worked for and did stuff for or not. But it's like, I could just pull anything Right. And be like, I have the codes for this thing. And as long as I can, uh, like, I think a lot of people believe in it themselves. I'm not saying like, I don't think everyone selling stuff like this thinks it's bullshit. I think they really think that it is real. But uh, when you are so convinced, like, I believe that I could sell pretty much anything. If I were like convinced of it and I was excited about it, um... I think I could have people buy it. And that to me is, I think there's like a, I think it's important when, it's important to me to be governed by kind of some sort of moral compass in that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did believe it. I don't know. I don't use quantum I think there's validity to mindset for sure. Like beliefs mm-hmm. matter. Mind- and I think that's why when people start doing anything that's like mindset oriented, they often do have these big shifts because like there is something real in it. Yeah. But then I think you have to watch for when either something becomes like all mindset or 
you have somebody like a bad person who uh, uses that to their benefit. And that is something I was not, uh, not prepared for. Yeah. I think that's key. There's truth in everything, but when it gets taken too far, that's when it can be to the detriment of other people. Yeah. And I also think when things become so absolute, right? Like there's, um, like I was recently diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder and I've talked about that a little bit. I'm going to talk about it more, I think, but there's like this, so I, there's this thing going on with my body, right? That's a real thing. And then there's like at least like eight different components for what could make it up, right? There's like, there's an emotional component. There's maybe a spiritual component. There's maybe an ancestral component. There's a genetic component. There's a nutritional component. Uh, there's a, like, I don't know, physical, like, uh, movement kind of component. There's just, there's so many different things that create something. And I think that uh, it's simpler for people to say, like, someone could say, uh, it's just like your ancestral, like, you just have to do this spiritual thing, and like, all, all, we can fix it if you just change it on the quantum level. And it's like, I think there's, uh, that's part of it, maybe. But I think when people start to hone in on like it's just like it's just this like this is just the truth and this is the way and this is the thing we need to focus on and as long as you like follow this everything just work it's like no it's it's actually I think life is a lot more complex than that there's like so many different uh pieces environmental would be another right like there's just um I I think that in some ways the the I think people can be susceptible to these things for a number of different reasons. But I think that not only was I like really open-minded and just really trusting in general, but I also, I wanted there to be like, I think in some ways all of my adult life, I was, I like wanted to find someone who knew the answer. Like what is going on? what do I do? Like, what do I, like, life is kind of crazy and it hurts sometimes. And I think that, uh, I will, I also felt this sort of connection to what I would have just termed connection to the earth, like some sort of spiritual connection, but it didn't have a name. I didn't really do things around it. Uh, but it seemed like people around me, for the most part, weren't really sensing that. And so I was looking for this, like, like, where is the, the person that knows? Or like, where is, like, I think when we're little, at least for me, it it was like, I got to this point and it was like, it happened early on because I I had my brother's accident happened early on. Uh, My brother almost died. Uh, He had a brain injury when I was 19. And that kind of like, I got super deep into yoga after that. I owned a yoga studio for a while. I was like very in new age world and it saved my life in some ways. Um, But 
I think I was like searching after that. Like, what do I like? What is life? What do I do? Where do I go? Like, I'm in pain. Like, what? Uh, I I was super drawn to like healing and self growth, and in many ways that was very beautiful. Uh, and in other ways, it it was not. Yeah, I think that part about like mindset is amazing. But there's also trauma that plays in. There's also nutrition. There's hormones. There's our environment. There's all these different layers. It's not just one thing. And for me, I was also seeking for the answer to when life could just be beautiful and kind of like love and light and roses and, you know, all of that. But I I don't believe that exists. I know that doesn't exist because we always get thrown curveballs and maybe that's part of the reason we're here. I don't know, but I was following these people that portrayed that it was all just amazing and six figure months and, you know, and their, their life looks like that on Instagram. I don't know if it's like that in the real world. I, I think you for me meeting enough of those people or even just like experiencing some of them like on video, you know, I'd see somebody's Instagram and then like actually like see them like we, we, we were taking the same program or something and I would be like, oh, like she's a mess. Like her life is a mess. And it's not to be like super judgmental. It's just like this, the way that this is portrayed, like there's a whole uh, rest of the iceberg of this that like. Uh, people don't see but I also think there's like a I think what cults tend to do some cults like they they will like not let you have any bad thoughts right what the cult that I was in and their sort of lineage of uh teachers would do is like they find there's a way to justify every negative feeling or like bad like everything becomes good um like the uh, one taste thing was like we get off on every stroke right and then some people took that and like uh did like use that for all of life like everything that happens is for me and I like take that and I um I like make it a good thing kind of. And there's, there's, there's beauty in it in a way. Like there's always this grain of truth in it, right? Where like, I do feel like whatever happens to me, like I will make beauty from, but I no longer feel like this is happening for me. And like, it's like, uh, you know, this, other being the feminine is like doing this for me and guiding me into every moment of whatever the however you know it's talked about like because I I feel like that because that that gets into a really dangerous place I think for me like uh we had talked about kind of earlier like I I uh gained a ton of weight when I was I was in that world and 
there's a lot to that I've written more in depth like about all the nuances of that because part of it was like me and what I was exploring with my body and part of it was um I think the other things I was like under influence of but because I was learning to get off on everything and like every there's this way that like no matter then what's happening I I became weirdly okay with everything so like my body was like I bled I cannot believe that I bled I bled for like a year and four months straight and for like a good long while I was like this is okay you know this is I trust the feminine I trust my and like what point at what point like I think at some point you kind of have to wake up and be like this is not like no but that's what gets taken away in in there is that inner like no this is not how this is gonna go like I'm here I'm not okay with this but that like goes missing because in a lot of spiritual teachings you can you can learn to I mean what it is is disassociation Mm. But it didn't feel like that at the time. It felt like I'm just like I was talking to a client yesterday who uh, she was not in that same world, but in just in a kind of new age spiritual world, like in general. And uh, we were talking about how this weird thing can sometimes happen, like the more of these spiritual teachings you're in. And I've been in them since I was like, you know, 19, you know, it's like uh, 11, 12 years. And uh, you can kind of get to this point where, like, you just don't have any, like, she was saying to me, she she felt like she, like, doesn't even have a personality anymore. Like, there's just no, like, there's nothing kind of left to her. And she thought maybe that was, like, a good thing. And it's, like, you can convince yourself in that place, I think, like, oh, I'm just so, like, I'm egoless. Or I'm just like, this is like, uh, I'm not feeling it. I'm just like, okay with everything. And I feel nothing. And um, that's like somehow really spiritual. It can be seen as like, wow, you just like really got into this really high spiritual place. But I think actually what's happening is it's like a high state of freeze. It's like nervous system, Mm -hmm. like disassociation, way too much just totally like everything about me all of my feelings all my has been so questioned and like uh torn apart that like I don't even really exist I don't know who I am I'm just like I'm like so disassociated and I think that's so dangerous because I don't I like I think the uh journey for me especially over the last like uh six months has been like where did I go? Like, where's me? Like, I used to be really fiery, really provocative, really, like, creative, like, poems, all this stuff. And the more that I learned to, like, question every little bit about my feelings and how I was reacting and all of these different, like, some level of self-awareness is good. (laughs) It benefits me, like, in my marriage when we have a conflict it's good for me to be like did I have a part in that like to you know take any responsibility but there's too far yeah would that be like questioning every trigger um thinking everything you've created your reality this is all yeah a mirror or reflection 
mm-hmm. of you. What comes forward for you around like you've you create your reality? That's something that I still sit with because part of my journey was I was completely disassociated in the new age world. Um, and there were some really beautiful aspects about it. I don't want to like shit on it. Um, but then I had like a nervous breakdown where I ignored my hormones for years because I can just get my period back. I can create that, you know, I wasn't listening to my body Mm -hmm. because for me it was all spiritual and I could shift that spiritually. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so I had like a full on nervous breakdown and I'm still sitting with like, did I, did I create that? Like, is that my, not my fault, but is that a reflection of me? Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah. I'll tell you now, like, uh, yeah, hearing that from where I am now, it feels like painful because it's just this, like, I think, because I relate to it a lot. Like, it's just, I, it's this, and I think in these worlds where they teach these things, they're always very careful to, and I, I taught this to people all the time. I was like, I taught everybody about how to create your reality. And, um, I was always very careful to say, like, it doesn't mean that anything is your fault, but like going forward, you can just like create, uh, but you can say that all you want, but actually what's happening to anybody with a conscience, in my opinion, like put the narcissist, if you're like a narcissist, all this is great for you. You suddenly have the language to make everything that you want, uh, totally okay and justifiable. So, like, put those people aside. For everybody else that, like, uh, have regular emotions and, like, shame and self-awareness, all this kind of, like, I don't think there is a way that that really, when you go deep enough into it, that there is not a blaming happening. Like, because... There is always this, like, sure, it's not my fault, but, like, it kind of is because, or it's something's fault, right? If it's not me doing it, then it's, like, God doing it, in whatever the God is, and God's doing it in this some in this way. And so it must be, like, needed for me to, to go through this in order to, I don't know. I, I... what and it's funny because I've come to this realization twice like once after I left the yoga world and then kind of again now is what feels better for me is just like I don't know what goes on in the if there's spiritual realms what's like but what I know is that things happen I have some input Like I, Mm. and I can always take responsibility for my part, not for all of it, just for my part in something. And I have some impact on what happens, but also sometimes life just does shit. And I think like, I think... I can't quite get in on like 
like that used to be my belief. Everything happens for a reason or like everything is, I don't know. It's been hard for me since my brother's accident happened to really, who knows, right? Maybe on a soul level that I don't even think we are possibly like able to comprehend anyway. Like maybe everything has its way. But to me, like, it was alleged, I have to say, it was alleged that my brother's accident happened because a car company should have recalled the car. Mm. And they didn't. Mm. They were like, who knows? I don't know why. Yeah. We don't want to lose money, probably. It would be my guess. Um. Someone made that choice. Mm -hmm. And like, was it just meant to have, like, you know, it's like, did my brother create that for himself that day? Or was it just like some shitty CEO made a decision that then had real life impact? Like, to me, uh, that feels more likely even though it feels shittier. Like I, and I think there can be this solace. Like I think that's why I came back to it because it feels better to be like, everything's actually like good. And it's like going, like it's happening for me and it's all going to like work out and it's all going well. Um, But sometimes like there are people that are just really shitty people. Yeah. And like sometimes like to me, I feel like I got tricked and that was really hard for me because, uh, it really rocked my trust in myself. Yeah. It's like that faith piece. I think faith is really powerful. Like that trust in something greater. It's God for me. That mm. like faith that it's all, I want to say it's all going to work out. I don't want to say it's all happening for me because mm. I do think that there are really shitty things that happen on this planet that God isn't like, today your brother's going to get in an accident. Like, no, that was a shitty series of events, Mm. most likely. But that faith piece, I think, keeps us going. Mm. So that's powerful. But when we, in my experience, when we think everything is happening for us or it's all a reflection of us, for me, it was like, well, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Why am I creating this? disaster you know why am I getting super sick or you know like for you like why am I getting an autoimmune disease like did I create this and it's Uh like no there are so many layers like you said at play that it's not all just the spiritual realm like there's a lot of real Mm -hmm. physical stuff that we have to tend to on this planet like our bodies like you know trauma that's Mm -hmm. still there you know if we're disassociating all the time it's because we maybe have trauma locked in our body or or whatever it might be like there's real physical things Mm -hmm. that have to be tended to um and from my experience I didn't tend to the physical Mm -hmm. and then you know shit got crazy (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think like, like, 
that was a big thing for me to like when I left the cult and then when I especially when I like got diagnosed with this and it was like a thing it took me a while to let go like even leaving the cult there was so much blame on myself for not having like like I thought I had been so stupid like and it was it wasn't like uh I knew that it was wrong but I felt like I still had this this self-questioning of like, is it me? It must be me somehow. What did I do wrong here? I must have done something wrong. And same with the autoimmune is like, what did I do to make this happen? <laughs> like, I must have not been paying attention or like, I must have, mi- I missed something, I, I whatever. And it's like, it took me a, lo- a while to get to this place of, uh, you know what? Like, there's so many things, like, and that's kind of the way I talk to myself now is like, Dimitra, like, there's so many, sure, it, you know, I gained a ton of weight, right, and then lost it. Could that have contributed? Yeah, a part of it, but also, like, so many people in my family had what I have without that, and, like, who knows, like, maybe I I might have gotten bitten by a tick when I was in my, a teenager, and that triggered it. Any, like, my brother's accident happened, I lost this person, so many things happened that were, like, completely out of my control, and so to, to, yeah, I just think there's, what I think is, is more important, I think the spiritual world teach us to just question everything and some questioning is good but there's this level of like it just becomes uh endless I mean self-criticism really even though you're like trying to not be critical and that's like a thing you're trying to not do and be aware of it's still like this this constant second guessing like how I'm feeling well why am I feeling that am I just being triggered am I just uh it's it's unending I still have some sort of I think what I really have now like spiritually is I've gone way back to like what I had before like you know early 20s I had this connection to like the moon and to the ocean and to and to something that I didn't name but I just felt and I didn't do all these fancy rituals. Maybe once in a while I did something, but like I didn't do, I didn't have names. I didn't do anything. I just had it. And like, that's what I've kind of gone back to is like, I don't need to add all these things. Like I just have me and that, and that's good for me. And I think that what I trust is me. Like, uh, I don't personally, I wish that I could have that kind of faith in like God. I can't honestly say that I do. I'm a little jealous of it, to be honest. Like, I see it in people and I'm like, I want, like, I wish that I could feel just very, maybe it will happen one day. I'm not sure. I feel more like, uh, I have a relationship with life, like with this energy. And I just feel kind of like, Whatever happens, I trust me to react. And I've done it so many times. So much shit has happened. And, like, every time in my mind, I, like, I do really well. Like, I, like, I handle it well. And I, like, 
will make it beautiful and like turn it into something and I like trust that in me yeah I think the moment where I got I got brought to my knees and into the fires of hell where it was like I can't do this one on Mm -hmm. my own you know and so that was like god like just this deep deep trust what was that what was the fires of hell do you mind yeah no no uh the nervous breakdown like yeah completely like cptsd and um yeah just severe panic attacks and insane fear what what triggered that can I ask you? I know this is like your podcast, but no, you don't, I've talked about it on here. Um, my hormones were out of whack. I was vegetarian or vegan for six and a half years. Oh, so I was forty-one. I lost my period, but I thought I could just get it back instead of getting my hormones checked. Um, and so like then manifest I manifest it back. No, well, um, do things womb related with my body Mm. to bring it back Mm -hmm. um yeah and so that was all happening and then I did a yoni mapping workshop where I re-triggered trauma yeah and that sent me off the rails yeah and yeah that's what did it and brought me to a place where I was essentially like scared of myself yeah um and so that was when, like, God came in, you know, um, where that deep, deep trust and faith, because I couldn't do it on my own, hmm. but, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's that was what happened a year ago, tomorrow kind wow. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Hello, loves. Just interrupting this episode for a brief moment to talk about a product that I absolutely love, and that is Fat Skin. It is grass fed bison tallow skincare products. I absolutely love the face cream with frankincense. I highly recommend it. It is taking years off of my skin and diminished wrinkles and just gives such a glow to my skin and what I love about fat skin is that their products are from farms that are using regenerative farming practices grass-fed grass-finished all the good stuff locally sourced um, really you can feel the attention to where the products are coming from that are in these beautiful products from fat skin I love tallow I use it to cook with as well. Our skin is our biggest organ and we are absorbing everything that we put on it. And so getting this extra dose of animal fats into our bloodstream, into our body is so, so beneficial for our mind and for everything. So definitely check out Fat Skin. The link is in the show notes. Now back to the show. I think in the new age world for me, with all the ritual and ceremony and plant medicines that can be part of it, you might be opening yourself to different things on a spiritual Mm -hmm. level. And 
for me, there wasn't that discernment, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe, maybe I shouldn't do this yoni mapping workshop. You know, it was just kind of like, oh, this will kind of um, the free for all and getting to a place where everything is just so amazing. Mm-hmm. That felt like something that would contribute to that in my relationship at the time, not thinking like you, you could really not damage yourself because I'm okay now, but send yourself into a whirlwind like ayahuasca ceremonies. Totally. People go into crazy whirlwinds after those, you know, and, and there's not maybe the space holding afterwards to, um, navigate that with people. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah. I I feel like at this point, what I have realized is that what I really need is like the most foundational trauma, like somatic work that I really looked down on before. Like I thought I was so superior Mm -hmm. to it. And I mean, like, so like uh, I've started taking this course and it's just like, it's just like, and what I would call like real nervous system work. Cause right. Cause like I was trained in trauma informed nervous system, whatever we did breath work, we did all these things. Uh, but I didn't realize sort of how it had been like filtered down. Right. Cause things get filtered down too in the new age, their new age and elsewhere. It's like, there's like people who are doing actual research mm-hmm. and then it gets like filtered and this person's teaching and then it gets filtered more and this person takes what they like. And then this person takes what they like. And like, uh, I feel like I need like the basic like orienting and like yeah. sitting very still and breathing very deeply. And that's like the last thing I want to do. Uh, and it's like, it makes me angry. Like I just don't want to do it at all, which I know is like, I'm like, Oh, uh, my body is. And, and I know, cause this last year, especially my nervous system has just been like, like mm. it, it was a lot on my body to to leave and have everything happen in the way that it did. Um, but it's like I, what I've heard from this woman, uh, Irene Lyon, her name is, I've been following her stuff. She's like a, a somatic uh, nervous system practitioner. She has talked a bunch about how like, the kind of, I don't know what world you would call it, coaching world, like online space is very filled now with people doing breath work. And like you said, like yoni mapping or doing all these things. And a lot of them are aiming to give you these like big experiences. Like in the call, I was led into so much, like who knows where we went, like not even energetically, spiritually, but like physically into these places that were like, just like, intense breath work and intense just like these like sexual practices that are just totally overriding how you feel or what you need or like you're learning to just open to everything and like all this stuff that uh is actually like way too much um not like it can ever be useful you know maybe in like a very solid uh healthy nervous system maybe but like I don't know I just I I went into so many intense breath work like visions all this stuff uh where I was so re-traumatized but 
I, but it was, I was told like, this is good. Like, it's good. Like, these are like, right. Of course you're having these like big feelings and these big, like, like crashes up and down. Like, this is just the energy moving and the energy is so powerful. And, uh, really, I think what I was doing, I was just like my poor nervous system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the basic yeah. stuff is not as sexy. No, it's not. I have to agree with the like orienting and stuff. And I'm like, this is so boring. Like this is so boring. I don't want to do it. But there's not the integration piece, maybe. Like when we have these big, huge experiences, it's just like the next one and the next one and the next one. But what also is happening is just like you said, your nervous system is like, holy shit, like what's happening? And then like in my experience, it completely shut down. I was mm. completely out of my window of tolerance, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. And you see people that are on to the next one, on to the next one, on to the next one. And they're completely disassociated. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're speaking to you about your friend, that's just kind of like has no personality. Mm. What that feels like is she's, she's not fully integrated. Well, that's what I felt like too. Like I've had such a, like, you know, just like, it's not healthy to have no identity, no like, uh, feelings, no anger. I remember for a while, uh, I couldn't even like journal to myself, which now is really sad. But at the time, uh, I thought it was like a win because my journals to myself prior, uh, had been on like venting a lot, you know, or just like a lot of like, um, everything I was feeling, all my feelings, big range of feelings I have. And uh, looking back at my journals, I like treasure the, like reading a lot of these things. But at the time, uh, we learned a lot of like the, uh, what's it called? The drama triangle, the the victim, victim consciousness, victim rescue. Mm. So everything became like, you're either being a, like, if you're upset, you're being a victim. If you like care about anything, you're being a rescuer if you're mad about something, you're just being a persecutor. So it was like all these things were suddenly I was like, oh, I'm always doing all these things. All these things are like, like, I should shut them all off. And I wouldn't let myself like, you know, I wouldn't go and like, write to myself because I'd be like, well, that's just my my rescuer, my whatever part of me that I like, Mm. I had all these labels for all these things now and then now I'm just like oh my god I just cared and I was just like angry or I was just I just like I was a person yeah 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 can you speak more to your food journey and so I've seen pictures on Instagram and you were like super tiny and then and then did you just stop restricting yourself is that what happened Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a really long story, but basically, uh, yeah, I was really tiny. I was, I was, I mean, I wasn't, I was 133 pounds at five foot three, which people would say is normal. I think I was a little too small, but not like crazy too small. I just wasn't, I didn't eat enough. Um, and I had constantly been obsessed with like, I wanted to heal my body. I had endometriosis and I, had the worst periods. I don't have them now. I have great periods now, thank God. But like at the time, 
my periods would be like nine, 10 days long, so heavy. I'd be in bed for like five days. I was like in pain. And so I wanted to, I wanted to like heal my body. And mm-hmm. I had tried, I had bouts of like orthorexia, they'd call it when I was 19, 20, I would like, uh, I cut out a bunch of different food groups. I was like vegan. And then I was what I tried all these different ways of eating. Um, and I had done keto, which was the worst thing I could have ever done. I wish I had never done keto. But at the time, I thought maybe it'll help my endometriosis. So I did that in like 2020, I think. And then um, in 2021, it was like spring of 2021. And uh, I found people on basically I was like, oh, to fix my hormones, I have to eat more. I'm not eating enough. And I started eating things like that I hadn't eaten before which at at first was really good for me, like sugar. We need sugar. Our brain runs on sugar. Our body runs on, on, on carbs. Um, I started eating like ice cream. I started eating oysters and liver and like stuff that was just like very nutrient dense. Like there's a lot of different minerals stuff in these foods. And, uh, I gained a little bit of weight at first, like at first it was great. And then, because I was sharing it with the internet, people started to be like, uh, this sounds like my eating disorder recovery. So then I was like, do I have an eating disorder? And remember, I, I was like so open. So I was like super in the cult at this time. So my mind was just like, I wasn't discerning. I was very like, whatever I feel, like I'm just trusting the feminine. I'm just trusting uh, this this thing. And so, um, I thought I was like, maybe I have an eating disorder. Like all these people are like, and I'm questioning everything, right? I'm like, I'm like, I thought I was just trying to be healthy, but maybe I have an eating disorder. And uh, anyway, I ended up fine. I found, you can always find people who support your belief. Like I found expert doctors who said that I had an eating disorder and I found coaches, like eating disorder recovery coaches. And everyone said, uh, they were like this all in approach and they were like, go all in, your body will gain a bunch of weight, you'll plateau, and then it will lose the extra weight. Okay. And I was like, all right. And remember, I can get off on everything. Everything is okay. Like all of life I can accept. That's my spiritual beliefs. So like I started eating everything and it was like all the eating disorder recovery people are like, there are no bad foods. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm afraid of the grocery store. And I truly was like a normal grocery store that was not Whole Foods. I was like panicked in there. I was like, everything in here is going to kill me. So I was like, I have to work through this. And so I bought all of the things like Pop-Tarts and Doritos and all of that ramen. It kind of feels now when I tell this story, it feels almost a bit like a fairy tale. Like it, it feels very like it's like she went and she bought all of, like I really did. I went and bought all of the things that were the least bit scary, Oreos, the eggs and the styrofoam cartons, this like all this stuff. And I ate them all. And the eating disorder recovery people were like, there's no such thing as balanced meal. Like they were just like, all the food rules have to go. So I was just like, all right, I'll just eat like chips and queso. And that's what I would eat. And I just, I ate and I ate and I ate and I gained weight and I felt shitty. Like, but at first I felt good. For the first few months, my period got better. Like I, for the first like 30 pounds that I gained, I felt amazing. I had so much energy. 
my libido was like way on like I needed to gain some weight and I needed to eat more food that part was real so at the beginning when I did I felt amazing and so then uh, I started to feel bad but then everyone told me very similar to it was kind of like I was in another cult because I like was in this eating disorder recovery world where like they were like like I had edema like my whole body was crazy swollen like my feet my ankles Mm. I had heartburn for the first time in my life I had like all these symptoms I was like nauseous and, and everyone was like this is good this is this is because you've damaged your body so much from not eating your body's just like readjusting so I was like okay they say it's like my body's just readjusting and it wasn't just the coaches it was like the eating disorder doctors they're like mds and they're like this is a good thing there's no amount of weight you could gain the doctor literally said that to me there's no amount of weight you could gain that would be a bad thing or unhealthy And I was like, all right. And so I gained, I did kind of plateau a little at 200 pounds. And then we moved. And I think like, I don't know, there was a lot of stress. We didn't, we we didn't have clean water when we moved. It was like a whole mess. And I ended up gaining like 40 more pounds. So I, I ended up at my max at 248 pounds. And I was bleeding nonstop. I started bleeding. I, but there were like some good, like sometimes I would sleep through the night sometimes. And that was like a good sign. Like I hadn't been doing, so there were like these little bits that I would cling to, like, maybe this is good. And I was also happier. Like once I started, and I think that, I mean, I started being happier at like the first 10 pounds. So it's not like it took me 115 pounds to become happier, but like when I was fed, I was like way more pleasant. I laughed more. I was just like way more uh, connectable with people. Like, uh, so there were there were uh, things I enjoyed. I but remember that like when you have this worldview, to me it was like like everything is for me, right? And so my body, like everything, was just like I just trusted everything. Um. And I actually started, so I, I, my weight did plateau, but only at 248 pounds. And then I stayed that way for about nine months. And then the month I left the cult, I lost 10 pounds. Interesting. I don't know. I didn't change anything. I didn't purposely try to lose 10 pounds. It just like, I lost 10 pounds. And the next month I lost another 10 pounds. And it was like, and I've heard from a lot of women, like at least five women that they gained weight in the same cult and then lost it when they left. And so I don't know. Uh, People would have to make their own like connections or, but like to me, yeah, I've continued to lose weight since it's been amazing. I, when I look back at the photos of me at my heaviest, I'm just like, how was I okay with that? But I, at the time, I, like, really convinced myself that, like, this is okay. Like, this is the way. This is, like, I'm following the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's – it's just a little bit da- – it's, like, when you're following the truth, it's a little – it's very objective. 
I mean, there's also so much focus in the new age kind of worlds of like, like your emotions, right? And our emotions are really important, but also our emotions are not always reliable. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, there's definitely like a balance to be. Yeah. What was it that made you leave the cult? I met, I met the leader in person. I stayed in her house for five days. Mm. Uh, I was already going to leave just because my, I had a two year contract that was up. Uh, this was in August of 2022. So, uh, my contract was up. I was kind of getting to the point where like, I was tired of someone monitoring me all the time. Like, I just felt like I, my experience was that I felt like the leader was just monitoring every single thing I did, like any life choice I made, any business, like, because it was a, that was why I joined for business purposes at the beginning. Right. Uh, and anything that we wanted to do business-wise had to be like posted and uh, like kind of approved of. Um, and I was just getting, and I also kind of, some red flags have been going off and I was just kind of like, I just need a break. Like I just, and it was also weird to me that like no one was leaving. Like, uh, I had a, I was in a group, like a, a super advanced level group of like, whatever I don't know how many 12 15 people and maybe like one or two were gonna leave but everyone else was like staying after Mm -hmm. the contract was up and they were all like getting hired by the leader to like do different jobs and I just felt like everyone's like so intertwined and I thank god for that part of myself because like I I never wanted to be there were many opportunities to sort of like intertwine businesses and I like did not want that. I was like, I have a very independent part of me that is just like, I want my own thing. Mm. Um, so I was already gonna leave, but I was still on, I was on the ethics uh team working, uh, like and that was my job. I was on the ethics team. And uh yeah, I met her in person. And when I met her in person, for me, that was like uh, I could be very convinced online, I think, because I was did a lot of self-questioning. Like, any sort of feelings that I had or disagreement that I had come up with the leader. Like, I was very able to justify it, either be like, that's my projection or that's just like, or that's, that's just her being a human. Like, I was so – it was easy mm. in person. Um not all people are this way, you know, a lot of cult leaders function in purpose in person. I don't know why for me it was such a break, but it was like meeting this person in person. I was just like the more time that I spent with her, I was like this isn't at all what I thought. Mm. This person is not at all who I thought she was. Uh a lot of my experience of her was like in direct opposite to what she taught. Uh, she taught about her marriage being like so wonderful and perfect. What I saw was I did not like personally. Right. Uh, and so a lot of my, um, it just all shattered. Like it was like I had this idea of the the image that this like that was portrayed. Like I I I. 
yeah, I did a lot of, I had done a lot of like justification for things and in person I could no longer make those justifications. Mm. Uh, Cause there were just certain things like that, like uh, online, someone could tell a story and I might've been like, Oh yeah. Like these people were really mean to this. Like everyone just, you know, the narrative, like this person's just so powerful that everyone just projects things on them. But then being in person, I was like, oh, I think this person is just a bitch. Like, that's why mm. people react this way, because this person is shitty. Right. So, like, it just, a lot of things fell apart. And then, yeah, there was, like, a big moment in particular. But, I mean, it was really the whole time. It was just, I was just like, this is not at all what I thought. And everything and then it was like everything crumbled and it's funny because everyone wants to know like what is the people have asked me so many times like what's the moment and it's like well there wasn't really like there was that week where I was like this but at first I thought like I just don't like this person Mm. this is wrong I don't like who this person is I was certain of that and then when I came back I like everything then I had to question and then suddenly it was like I could see the whole web of like all these teachings all these like words that I had learned to hold everything in place um to like turn them on myself like Mm -hmm. uh like I'm being unreceptive or I'm being uh I don't know even the language I like forget it now which is funny like extractive and being extractive that's the worst thing you could be all these things uh I started to see how like actually in my opinion, the leader just used them however she felt like, like they were just perfect justifications for anything all the time. And uh, I saw a lot of hypocrisy and I was just like, oh my God. Cause like it all crumbled. Like it, it literally felt like seeing like a web of things. And I was just like, none of it is real. Mm. And then that was like, it was trauma. I mean, it was my whole life. Like, I really, I would have, like, I don't know if I would die for this person, but I would, like, I was close to, like, I loved this person. Mm. And to separate, and more than that, it, like, I felt like it had really taken advantage of, like, the most core part of me, which was, like, the most trusting part who loved, like, this connection with life, like, this connection with nature, with the feminine, with, like, this like it took advantage of that and that to me was like I couldn't even fathom like the evilness of that Mm. and uh that I grappled with for a while too because I I had taught for a while like there is no good and evil that's just like human opinion and I was like there is good and there is and like this that's evil and I uh yeah but it didn't it took me a while like I I watched a couple different docu. It wasn't until December, I think, where I was like, I think I was in a cult. And then it like took me another like eight or nine months of just kind of being like, I think I was in a cult. But being like, okay, that was just like a weird time in my life when I was in a cult. Maybe I could just move on. But I couldn't mm. just move on. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's so many I, I like felt so silenced because I'd signed this contract that said I couldn't say anything bad about any of anything to do with any of it. So I was like, I'm, I'm silenced. I can't talk about it. And I felt like in order to move on, I needed to be able to say to everyone, like, this is what happened to me. Yeah. And I felt like I couldn't. And so then in August, I think that was 
the stuff that you read of my like in August I started I was just like I'm just gonna say it um yeah so has that been like a big part of your healing journey yeah speaking about it yeah and I think it's tricky for people I mean I don't think everyone needs to do it but I do think there's like something really freeing in that um for me, I think it's a combination of like the speaking and also just the learning about cults. Cause in August I started actually learning about cults. Like I hadn't let myself, cause I was still doing a lot of like the cult questioning of like, uh, you know, am I just like, I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to be like all whiny and be a victim of a thing and, uh, whatever. And finally I started letting my, like I let myself learn about, and the more I learned about cults, the more I was like, this there's like a whole world of people who have gone through exactly this and so it wasn't as scary then because before I'd been like what's wrong with me like my nervous system suddenly I had gone from like someone who could be anywhere any country alone whatever to someone who like was terrified to even stay in a hotel room by herself like I was just like my nervous system was so shot and just like I was like, what's wrong with me? And I didn't know that that is like a very common experience uh, of someone who's been in a relationship with a narcissist. And um, yeah, so it it was, um, it was, that was really freeing to to be able to talk and to learn. I remember I read an article early on and something that this guy wrote in the article that was kind of the turning point for me was that he wrote about the self-questioning I don't know what exactly he calls it like this this uh criticism of self and he said what people don't realize when they leave a cult is that like they often in their minds continue like even though they've left the cult they continue the self-destruction that the cult was trying to complete and they like do it to themselves by continuing like the self-questioning and the self-criticism. And I was like, Oh, that's what I've been doing. And that like clicked something for me where I was like, I've just been doing the same thing and I've continued exactly like I've talked to myself in my head, the way the leader would talk to me. Like I just continued the same thing and that was when I was like oh I need to stop like this needs to change um and yeah so yeah speaking about it was good it led me through a whole legal process because she was gonna come like she had lawyers write letters to me and uh I hired my own lawyers for the first time and that was I learned a lot and it actually ended up being really uh useful for me. Like I just, I, I learned that the contract was not allowed. So I learned that I actually could speak. Um, and yeah, spent a lot of money, but it was worth it. And I don't know nothing's happened since then. So well, that's yeah. Have you watched the twin flames documentary? No, but people have been talking about it. I feel like I need to, I haven't watched it either, but I'm kind of I'll watch it eventually. Yeah. yeah. Lots of people have been talking about it and they're like, it's creepy and just 
I think one of the best documentaries for people to watch, especially if they if they've been in a cult or if they just like want to understand. I think the have you seen the vow? No. The vow is about Nexium, which you should. You're close to Nex. Nexium was in Vancouver, part of it. Um, mm-hmm. with Keith Raniere was the leader of Nexium. So, uh, they've done a couple documentaries about it, but the vow is excellent and uh you have to get it's like on hbo something but it's worth like we have some we have a friend's login to that so we just use that but it's worth like if you don't have hbo like finding a way to get it because even if even just in the first few episodes they do such a great job at showing exactly what happens like exactly how people get pulled into these things without knowing Mm. um it's also just crazy to watch like you get to watch a lot they recorded everything so you get to watch a lot of Keith Raniere like the leader and the way that he you can watch him like manipulating people and the way that he like people come to him with their feelings and the way that he like manipulates their question like he asks questions back and he like and and watching it from the outside you're like oh my god and for me I was like that's what happened to me like I was just like and it was cool to hard but like cool to see it portrayed he's in jail now they did like yeah yeah it's hard to get cult leaders put in jail because they often are very careful to not do anything like uh, actually against the law although there all are laws coming like it's just a newer field coercive control like there's there's one university that does PhDs right now in coercive control and they're like putting laws in place in certain areas. So I think it will grow like this kind of uh, behavior, especially in the coaching world. Like I think the internet makes it easier. And I Mm. think I imagine at some point it might be a bit more like regulated or kind of cracked down upon. Do you Um, see a lot of cults in the coaching world? I think a lot of them are culty. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I think there's like, yeah, there's a cult, like there's a book called Cultish by Amanda Bontel. That book is excellent too because it talks about like the way that cults function is with language. So uh, basically like if a cult doesn't have the language to make you feel like you're in the group and you're like part of a thing, they it, it doesn't really work so you that's how they get you in is like you have this shared language and it's funny because like when I look back I feel like everything I wrote during the time I was in the cult is just like worthless mostly because it's just like when I read it I'm like this is only you can just I can see my the cult language like throughout the whole thing and I can tell in people who have left like how much separation they've done by the way they talk because some people have been out for a long time and even like think it's a cult but they still they still use all the like they still have all the beliefs and use all the language and so that to me says like you haven't actually done like the uh I don't know what it's called there's a word for it like the deep um like the piece by piece on unraveling of like what actually happened in there. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that book is really great. Cause 
because she talks about just like it's everywhere right it's in like crossfit people say crossfit's a cult because they have their like language and so it's not always bad but it's good to be able to see it and be like oh that's what they're doing yeah it's that discernment piece like it's not all love and light and there might actually be some evil going on here you know um yeah what's been your biggest lesson along the way my biggest lesson in general in the cult or in my whole life (laughs) (laughs) either which in the cult actually both I mean maybe they're both the same maybe I think that that trust in yourself and like my trust in myself is the thing that gets me through everything. And it, it feels like, uh, no matter what has happened when I've listened to myself and like my needs and my feelings, like I end up in a place where I'm proud of me. And I feel like that's the most important thing that there is. Like, I think um, you know, you had asked, we had been emailing you about love. Like, love, I think that love is, like, the most important thing that there is. And I also think that love is not scarce. And so sometimes there's, like, places where we think that we're finding love or whatever. And I think, like, for me, there's been this overlap of love and like this trust in myself where like I think we can't be afraid to lose love or what we think is love in order to like keep that trust in ourselves. Um, I think that at the end of the day for me, that like that rightness with who I am And it doesn't have to be objectively right. Like, it doesn't matter if anyone else really thinks it's right. It just matters, like, to me that at the end of the day, like, I can sit there and be like, I'm really proud of me. Like, I did all the things that were right by me. And that matters. Yeah. Yeah. What does your work look like now? Um, (laughs) it's a good question. (laughs) Uh, I'm not really coaching anymore. I do a couple, like, sometimes people come in and then they might do some sessions, but I'm mostly writing. I think that what I have wanted to, like, I wrote two books of poetry in 2019 and 2020, and I, like, never talked about them because I was just like, sure, I wrote these, but, like, I'm just a coach. And now, but those two books of poetry are actually, like, like, they're the things I'm proudest of. Like they're my heart. And they're just like, when I look back at like any of the other work I'm done, I've done, I'm like, none of the other stuff really feels like I care about it besides those two books. Cause I'm just like, those are just me. Uh, and so I'm feeling like a return to that. Like I, I, I wrote a memoir. Now I'm rewriting. I'm realizing that writing a book is not like, it was one thing to do the books of poetry. They were like self-published and I, it was like an art project and I just got to do it myself. The memoir, I think I'll go more traditional with. And that is like, I wrote it, but now I have to like edit it and re and I'm like, I have to re I'm going to have to rewrite this thing like four or five times. 
And I just like, that's to me is crazy, but I'm doing it. So I'm focusing on that. And uh, yeah, I think I just want to put a lot more focus on myself as a writer, because that's been always like the underlying thing that has mattered to me the most. Is this like, it's like this creation of, like I was saying to you, like uh, creating beauty out of things. For some reason, I don't know if that's just like, if it's like a human thing or if it's just part of who I am, but there's just this like, whatever has happened, I want to take it and just like make something out, like something beautiful from it, like a piece of art, just something with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's like turning the mess into art. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Last question. You spoke earlier about having a great marriage. Yeah. What would you say is like (sighs) the number one thing that contributes to a great marriage? Hmm. I would say what I say the most, I feel like when I talk about relationships with people is that I think it's so important to remember that you're on in any relationship, like any romantic, like you're on the same team. And I think that what often happens for people when they end up like fighting or they end up in these like, like someone's resentful of this and so and there's like this, I'm doing things and he's not doing things or whatever. Like there's immediately this opposition that's happening where we're like, people are like in a competition. It's like, well, I'm doing this and he's not doing this. Or like, well, she doesn't do. But, and it's like, I think that something Jordan and I do very well is that, and we've both done a lot of, really, like he's a relationship coach, right? And I was a relationship coach. Like we've done a lot of that kind of like self-work. But I think something we do really well is that we, always are on the same team so any moment there's like a can something like conflict or someone does something it's like a I feel like there's always a we're both working toward the same goal of like us having a happy marriage and our like shared life vision so if I can take that like we're taking the same side so then like how do we uh work together to get that thing and it can be something as simple as like this doesn't come up with us but for some people it's like uh he leaves his dirty clothes all over the floor I'm actually the more messy one but like say that really bothers the woman it's like instead of being this opposition like you don't do this thing it's like I really need like in order to keep working toward our shared life vision like I really need the house to be cleaner. I just, I feel like I need these things to be cleaned up. So like, how do we work together toward that? Do we need to hire someone to do that? Or like, can you just do that job? Or can I do that job and you do something else? Like, how do we just work as a team? So I feel like when Jordan and I fight, we like, we might like disagree or like have this kind of like, like I can get a little snippy sometimes. But there's always this underlying, like, we love each other. We're on the same side. We're never mean to each other. And it's because it's like, why would we're, we want the same thing? Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's, I feel like that's the main thing. Mm. 
That's yeah. beautiful. I think a lot of couples can be at war with each other and not feel like they're on the same team. And it's like you're choosing each other. Yeah. Every day to be on the same team, you know, where it's co-creative as yeah. opposed to like you're at war. Yeah. And that dynamic. Hmm, beautiful. Where can everybody find you? Um, my website is dimitragray.com. You, I guess you could spell that for them. They'll never be able to. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> um, and then my Instagram is Dimitra Gray with then two underscores at the end. Okay. I would say those are the best places. Like my email list is the best place because I put everything there, like anything like podcasts I do with you or like whatever things will all just go to my email list. But yeah, my website's a pretty good hub. I have a podcast too called The Dimitri Gray Show that I just started up again. I'm really happy about that. I like, yeah, I was doing that weekly for a while and then I stopped when all this kind of happened and now I've started again. So that's exciting. Yeah. There'll be links in the show notes. Well, thank you so much, love, for this conversation. Thank you. Yeah, it was nice to talk with you. Thank you so much for joining me for an episode of the Phoenix Rising podcast. Please like, share, download, subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. And I will see you next week for another episode on the Phoenix Rising podcast. Sending so much love.